Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt and joining me today is Larry. Hi, Larry. Hello. Welcome to the new year, the new year of films. Yeah. Happy New Year. This is actually my first movie of 2024 that I've seen. How about you, Larry? Oh, uh, fourth trip to the theater oh, for snap. a new movie. Okay. It's been a lot of um, mystery movies. I actually have another one on Monday. Like these AMC and Regal are doing a lot of these mystery movies now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm already on three come tomorrow. Or, yeah, tomorrow. So <laughs> nice. nice. Plus I saw Night Swim. I threw Night Swim in there too. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Uh, if our regular listeners are wondering where Ashley is, um, I saw this with my friend Aaron. Um, Ashley was home with a migraine. So uh, Larry is kind enough to uh, to join me here to talk about uh, The Beekeeper. Um, and before we get into that, I'll mention you can find Larry um, online. He's on X at uh, ChiliBoyYT. And he's also got his own YouTube channel, which is Chili Boy Productions. Uh, so, yeah, go check him out there. Uh, Larry, tell us a little bit about The Beekeeper. So The Beekeeper is a 2024 action thriller coming from director David Ayer, written by Kurt Wimmer. Uh, in The Beekeeper, one man's brutal campaign for vengeance takes on national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as Beekeepers. <laughs> the film stars Jason Statham, Josh Hutcherson, Felicia Rashad, and Jeremy Irons, and barely mini driver that's right yeah what uh tell us uh, so what kicks this off uh the action i guess yeah so the film starts off with this peaceful man jason statham who not only is part of this beekeeper organization but is also quite literally a beekeeper minding honey and taking care of his bees on this plot of land that he's renting from Felicia Rashad's character when she gets scammed online by a phishing scam that drains her of all of her accounts and uh, the charity she runs gets drained of its money, which leads to a fatal accident for her character or a fatal event for her character uh, that kind of sets Jason Statham back into his operative beekeeping rampage. <laughs> yeah. So I know before we started recording, you and I briefly talked about this, and I think you and I have different opinions on this movie, so it'll be interesting to talk about it. Um I think this movie, it wants to be the equalizer. Um, you know, the Denzel, specifically the Denzel Washington equalizer films where, you know, he's a former like black ops person and, um, has kind of retired. But, you know, if people, if someone he knows is in distress or in this case is, you know, been conned, he will take vengeance. And, you know, I think it starts out okay, but, um, it, to me, the movie just kind of falls apart the longer it goes. It it, it just kind of becomes a mess. Um, it's not as well paced as Equalizer films. Those kind of had at least a decent pacing as far as, you know, you had your, if you, if you want to call them quiet moments uh, or, or plot moments, and then you had just the all-out action scenes. 
Um, and then, and then, you know, back to plot. Um, it's also, someone asked me if this was like the John Wick films and I, I've only seen one John Wick movie. Um, but I don't think this is in that league either. This is interesting in that it reminded me a bit of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre where the original, where it's, there's a, there's a lot of ultra violence, but not a lot of blood. And, and everything is so quickly cut in this movie. You actually don't see a lot. Um, I mean, a, a little, a little bit you do, but for the most part, everything is so heavily edited and moves so fast that, um, you know, we're, we're, you're just sort of left with the implication of what's going on. Um, but yeah, uh, it, the John Wick movies there, therefore are a lot more, I think, explicit in their violence. Whereas this one is, again, it's more, um, you know, uh, implicate it's, it's, you know, it, it's implied rather than, than altogether shown. But yeah, it, it you know, I, I'm sure Jason Statham, he looks like a strong man. I'm sure he can like, you know, uh, hold his own pretty well, but this just got ridiculous. Like this has got, as the movie went on, I was like, I'm not buying this. I don't believe he's, I don't believe he's this, um, this good. <laughs> And that kind of took me out of the movie, but you liked it, I think. So tell us, uh, tell us what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, so I did liken it a little bit to the first John Wick film, just in how it's set up, because it has that same kind of running line of uh oh, as people find out, they're like, "You messed with the wrong one, kid." Like somebody <laughs> kid messes with the wrong person, which mm-hmm. is basically the John Wick film too. So as everybody finds out, they're basically just like, "Well, let's start planning his funeral, and I guess throw people in his way to try to slow him down from getting the kid." Um, and that's basically what the beekeeper does too. <laughs> it's like the Baba Yaga, but it's uh oh, it's a beekeeper. Um, so I found that to be pretty funny. But no, uh, the action is nowhere near a John Wick level. Like uh, the John Wick films have kind of become the the peak when it comes to action cinematography specifically no cut you know very little cuts everything is in frame beautiful those films yeah they're in a different league when it comes to the the shooting of the action but the beekeeper i'm not sure if it's just because i had such low expectations heading in it just was a lot more fun than i anticipated i thought that you know jason statham he's playing the same character he's been playing for over <laughs> a decade. So you, you know what you're getting, Jim, more or less, when you see Jason Statham on the poster. You, you know what you're walking into. And I've just seen so many horrible Jason Statham movies in recent years that getting one that was kind of a good time, I think, really elevated it. I thought Josh Hutcherson was an over-the-top, ridiculous character, but... Again, unlike David Ayer's worst impulses, Hutcherson plays it with like just enough dumb genuinity that I, I didn't completely just disregard his character because David Ayer loves a white Latino coded gangster in his movies. Uh, <laughs> that is that is David Ayer's jam right there because of, I guess he grew up in LA and fancies himself a white Latino coded gangster. Um, <laughs> so he has those here. That's why I was one of the weird things. And the third act were introduced to this new clan of like mercenaries or something. 
that are so over the top and like cartoonish that I was like, where did these people come from? Yeah. Like yeah. it just, but it led to the best action scene in the whole movie um, with one of them because it was in frame. Like it had the least amount of cuts and it was really brutal. Um, this action scene between Jason Statham and one of these guys was just like, whoa, this was like the most brutal thing in the entire film and we could actually see what was going on. I also like that Jason Statham's character kind of had to home alone a lot of things here. So we get like a good balance of the ridiculous things where it's one guy takes on 10 highly trained operatives all by himself and beats them all with, you know, gay action movies. Um, and it's, you know, he's heavily aided by the fact that they run at him one at a time or just do things. They're just kind yeah. of standing there, or, you know, those fun things. But then we get, like, into the building, and he's setting up, like, these little, like, trap-type things, which I found to be more fun than just him, like, fighting his way out and shooting his way out of it. So he's, like, setting up these little Home Alone-style, like, traps to, to get an advantage with elevators or, like, little ropes and wires. Um, and I thought those moments were, were fun, too. It's definitely a turn your brain off type of action movie. It's a think too hard and it's all ridiculous. But if you don't think too hard, well, there's some fun to be at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I was thinking too hard, um, <laughs> at least toward the end. Um, yeah. I will say, too, yeah, Josh Hunter said, I did not realize how many people were in this that I knew until the opening credits. And like, you know, Josh Hutcherson, who I like, you know, he's in this, as you said, mini driver, um, barely. Uh, I really, I was so disappointed with how little screen time she had. I was excited for her. And then it was like, nope, like yeah. she's done. <laughs> uh, and then Jeremy Irons, um, you know, here, here's an issue. I like Jeremy Irons. I like him a lot, but Jeremy Irons is a very well-known British actor. And he's in here as a former director of the CIA and that kind of just took me out because and he, his accent his American accent is passable but I'm just thinking you're like I don't know did did they I don't know I'm, I'm sure for that role they wanted somebody well known but I'm like I'm sure there's plenty of well known American actors you could have had for that because all I'm thinking I mean, I'm just thinking like oh here's this British guy playing a very American part and then I won't say who it is, but they have also a fairly well-known British actor playing uh, the president of the United States. I'm just like, again, I mean, <laughs> I, I, and I don't have a big problem. I mean, you know, Tom Holland plays Spider-Man, and I have no issue with that, or Peter Parker. Um, but when it's particularly American roles, like director of the CIA or president of the United States, I'm like, I get you. I don't know. I think you should cast... Maybe Americans for that. Um, just my just, friend Ren, who's like my co-host of my long sleeping podcast at this point, uh, she has a big rant about like a British takeover. <laughs> <laughs> she has a big rant ready to go at the drop of a dime. Yeah, and can I say here too? So Jason Jason Statham is definitely the star of this movie, but if there is any kind of pseudo co-star, it's. Uh, Emmy Raver Lampman, who plays the daughter of Felicia Rashad's character, and she also just happens to be in the FBI. Um, 
But I mean, I nominate her. I know 2024 is only as of this recording, seven days old, but I nominate her as the most annoying character in a movie in 2024. I, I told my friend Aaron afterwards, I'm like, this character, she was too cool for school. Like she almost every scene, she just had this smug look on her face. And she's like, wore this FBI jacket and ripped jeans. So like she didn't even dress professionally. Um, <laughs> and just like, this was really kind of rude to her, like coworker, um, who was played by Bobby Naderi. And I don't know. I'm just like, you know, can you just be like, like, I don't know. Can you, can you just not be like smug and annoying? Can you just be, <laughs> I don't know. She, I found her really off putting. One thing, her character. So I actually did a mind that we knew basically nothing. Like they don't give Jason Statham's character really any, uh, any depth or anything. Like he's just kind of the beekeeper mm-hmm. and that's all, all we know about him. And I didn't mind that because it's kind of where the characters were at too. So it's whatever. Just let him be this, you know, assassin. However, her character was the one I thought we really should have gotten more with. I mean, particularly, her mom is dead. Like, this all takes place, her mom dies, and we get a moment with her kind of sad, but it doesn't, like, play into the rest of the movie almost at all, that she has this really close relation to somebody just, like, days, days Mm -hmm. go by, Mm -hmm. and her mother passed away. So we don't really get any hints or glimpses, really. Like, she goes into hard-ass detective mode, you know, FBI agent mode, and never comes back out of it. And that that was kind of like a, one of the things that I was like, eh, I don't know. Her characterization definitely could have used some work. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, I'll tell you what I wanted a little bit, just not a lot, a little bit more backstory on is the relationship between Felicia Rashad and Jason Statham's characters. Like, yeah. they have a, a nice little scene at the beginning where, you know, so here's the thing. He's obviously retired from some sort of black ops. And then he rents this barn on her property. And then um, she's just like, I, I, I want to, he talks about how she took care of him. Like he's, she's the only person in his life who's ever like looked after him or something. And they never like follow up on that. Yeah. I, I, I was like, well, I need to know how do we get from A to B here? How did he go from a <laughs> black ops person who retired and then was hanging out? on Felicia Rashad's property, raising bees. Like, I I, <laughs> I need to know that. And what does that mean? Like, she took care of him. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, yeah. I think this movie's only, what, 145, an hour 45. And, you know, we have all these action set pieces throughout the pretty, pretty much most of the movie. So, I mean, it doesn't skimp on action moments. I mean, they're here. But we easily could have either redistributed some of that runtime to the to the front end of this movie or just added an extra five minutes or so, five, ten minutes to the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. You're still under two hours. I mean, yeah. you know, to give us more. I mean, you have Felicia Rashad here, and <laughs> she's hardly in the movie as well. Her and Mini Driver. But I kind of knew. If you watch the trailers, you kind of predict, obviously, that Felicia's role is going to be pretty small. Um, but, yeah, um, give us more... Make it on her end that, you know, her daughter is quasi-estranged. You know, not like really. They're not like on bad terms by any means. But, you know, give us that that feeling of Felicia's. Uh, yeah, I think we could have done more with, with her character in general, too. And I agree. We should, we should have gotten a little bit more with her and Jason. Yeah. And, you know, real quick, you brought up the trailer. 
uh, going into this, I thought that this was yet another movie where the trailer kind of just showed you the whole movie, but it doesn't really. Yeah. Like, I mean, it shows you the first maybe 20 minutes, um, which I kind of assumed was the whole thing, but <laughs> there's a lot that happens after what they show you in the trailer. So Yeah, it's, it's a... <laughs> Look, the screenplay was my biggest negative because the screenplay just by and large is, is a mess. Uh, again, like any kind of turn-your-brain-off kind of movie, uh, the screenplay is usually the weakest aspect of those because... The dialogue is not great. I mean, they they pack in those B puns, a lot of B talk, uh, so they keep to the the B theme of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> we do analogies of bees. We we talk about some nice metaphors with bees, and there's some B puns, some cheesy like fun one liners <laughs> um, that are thrown mm-hmm. in. I thought the end of this film. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about what it is was also very strange. It doesn't really have an ending. <laughs> that is one of the hardest cuts in an end of a movie I have seen in a long time. <laughs> it was wild. Was like, <laughs> they cut to black and I assumed we were going to get like a, a follow-up scene of what happened to... No, there's nothing. It just cuts to black and the credits start rolling. You're like, whoa! <laughs> oh, okay, that's the end, huh? That, that's a non-ending if I've seen one. Oh, cool. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I wish, again, going back to our, because it kind of has two different themes. It starts with one theme, and then it kind of goes into the political type of stuff. Um, but if we had spent more time at the beginning, I liked more what it said with Jason and Felicia's character about, like, how the elderly are just, you know, discarded. Like, I liked that idea more, and that's where we start out. We have, like, this nice little speech about... You know, when you wrong a child, they at least have their parents who will stick up for them. But if you harm an elderly person, oftentimes they're just kind of like screwed, like they're mm-hmm. left there. Um, and I thought those type of ideas were interesting. And I liked us starting off there. But then again, um, pretty much everything with Felicia was shot together. <laughs> it left in the first act. Like we don't we don't really revisit that. We don't talk about that ever again as we move throughout the second two acts of the film. Her daughter's not really mourning her death anymore after the first <laughs> act of the film. So, like, we reference back to her. And I think Jason Statham's character is, like, the only one who really kind of, like, uh, goes back to that character at any meaningful way in the final <laughs> act of the movie. Uh, but it's like, oh, we kind of have lost everyone but Jason Statham has forgotten what this all kicked off at. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, um, I I agree 100%. Um, so what would you give this out of 10? Yeah, out of 10, I think I'd give this, i give it a solid, like, 6.5. Okay. Um, I'll give it a 5. So uh, our <laughs> score, then, is a 5.8. And that is um, The Beekeeper. So, uh, Larry, thank you for, for joining me. I think I'm also a little bit. Maybe... Seeing the other films I've seen so far this year, the the three movies, maybe that helped the beekeeper out. Because um, mm. we have another, we have a political satire horror coming down the line called Founder's Day. But I was not a fan. That's right. That was that. one of the mystery movies you've seen, right? That was. So it's not been a great start for horror this year. Um, so maybe the dumb action movie in relation to the bad horror movies I've already seen. I was like, oh, you know what? This was, at least I had fun watching this one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I will say this movie never bored me. I mean, I was uh, very, and I, you know, I, I was never bored. I'll leave yeah. it at that. So yeah. Uh, thanks for joining me, Larry. And uh, thank you all for listening. <laughs>